Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. This new series is part of the AIC's continuing celebration of its second decade on the web. These podcast homilies for morning prayer are based on the appointed reading and psalms and lessons for the Christian year on pages X to XLI, primarily using the first pairing, which always includes a gospel reading as the second lesson. The second or and third pairings of psalms and lessons are used only where necessary to avoid repeat reading of the same psalm in this series. These homilies include reading and commentary on the appointed psalm and summary commentary on the first and second lessons. For those readers and listeners not familiar with Anglican liturgies, the text of the Psalter in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer was derived from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539 and not from the King James Version of 1611. Podcast listeners are encouraged to visit Father Ron's blog, a page on the AIC website where I usually post an illustration from the podcast homily for morning prayer. In this case, it is from Psalm 30. Please note that in the Vulgate version of the Psalter, based upon Jerome's 4th century translation, which was made the official Bible of the Roman Catholic Church in the 16th century, every psalm from Psalm 10 to 150 is off by one number in the Vulgate. For example, Psalm 30 and Psalm 32 in today's readings are Psalm 29 and 31 in the Vulgate version. Coverdale provided a helpful transition by including each psalm's opening words in Latin, which is still printed with the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Psalter. For more on the Lenten season, see the AIC seasonal video series Lent, The Season of Penitence. I will discuss its history, origin, and the meaning of the name and its place on the church calendar. The series is presented in three episodes, each of which is linked from the digital library page with podcast versions from the podcast archive page. The psalm reading appointed for Second Sunday in Lent is Psalm 30, paired with Psalm 32. Traditionally attributed to King David, the first words of Psalm 30 in Vulgate Latin are Exaltabo te Domine. I will magnify thee, O Lord, for thou hast set me up and not made my foes to triumph over me. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Thou, Lord, hast brought my soul out of hell. Thou hast kept my life, that I should not go down into the pit. Sing praises unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks unto him for a remembrance of his holiness. For his wrath endureth but the twinkling of an eye, and in his pleasure is life. Heaviness may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity I said I shall never be removed. Thou, Lord, of thy goodness hast made my hill so strong. Thou didst turn thy face from me, and I was troubled. Then cried I unto thee, O Lord, and get me to my Lord right humbly. What profit is there in my blood when I go down into the pit? Shall the dust give thanks unto thee, or shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. 
Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned my heaviness into joy. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Therefore shall every good man sing of thy praise without ceasing. O my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Psalm 30 is the last of the series of ten Passion Psalms that started with Psalm 21. In the Eastern Church tradition, other psalms are included in the list of Passion Psalms. In the interpretation of Psalm 30, the difference between a literalist understanding popular in many Western denominations and the spiritual interpretation preferred by the early fathers of the Church of the East and the West could not be more striking. The inscription on Psalm 30 in the Hebrew text suggests that it may have been written for the dedication of a temple, although there's no mention of a temple in the text. The NKJV Study Bible says that Psalm 30 demonstrates the blessedness of answered prayer. In the spiritual Christological tradition, which looks for pre-incarnation references to Christ in the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms, Psalm 30 refers to events which will be fulfilled only with the resurrection of Christ. For more on the spiritual versus the literal interpretation, listen to the observations by St. Gregory of Nyssa in the commentary on Psalm 29 in my podcast homily for morning prayer for Second Sunday after Epiphany. St. Augustine, or Augustine in the English tradition, who among, was among the most influential early saints on the Christian doctrine, agreed, calling Psalm 30 a, quote, psalm of the joy of resurrection and the change, the renewing of the body, to an immortal state, not only of the Lord, but also of the whole church. For in the former psalm, here he means Psalm 29, the tabernacle was finished, Whereas we dwell in the time of war, but now the house is dedicated, which will abide in peace everlasting. In his exposition on Psalm 30, St. Augustine wrote that it is Christ who speaketh. In the many verses, almost a dozen of which refer to, quote, the Lord. He saw verse 3, Thou, O Lord, hast brought my soul out of hell, thou hast kept my life that I should not go down into the pit, as meaning that Christ has saved all mankind from, quote, the condition of profound darkness. In my commentary on Psalm 16, verse 3, read on the sixth Sunday after Trinity, I explain the meaning of the word saint, which is heard here in Psalm 30 in verse 4. Augustine also interpreted verses 7 and 8 as alluding to the suffering of Christ upon the cross. He interpreted verse 9, What profit is there in my blood when I go down into the pit, as a reference to the church's doctrine of Christ's descent into Hades, commonly called the harrowing of Hades or harrowing of hell. For more on that subject, see Part 1, Chapter 3 in the new AIC bookstore publication, Easter, the Resurrection of Our Lord in Scripture, Art, and Christian Tradition, which includes many illustrations of the concept of the harrowing of Hades. The New King James Version translation of Psalm 30, which 
has only 12 verses, is offered as an alternative text, which may be easier to understand given it has fewer archaic words. It is printed on the page opposite the prayer book text of Psalm 30 in the prayer book Psalter, History Text, and Commentary. Psalm 32, the second psalm reading for Second Sunday in Lent, is traditionally credited also to King David, and its first words in Vulgate Latin are beati quorum. Blessed is he whose unrighteousness is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth no sin, and in whose spirit there is no guile. For while I held my tongue, my bones consumed away through my daily complaining. For thy hand was heavy upon me day and night, and my moisture was like the drought in summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine unrighteousness have I not hid. I said, I will confess my sins unto the Lord, and so thou forgavest the wickedness of my sin. For this shall every one that is godly make his prayer unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely the great water flood shall not come nigh him. Thou art a place to hide me in. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will inform thee and teach thee in the way wherein thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye. Be not like to horse and mule, which have no understanding, whose mouths must be held with bit and bridle, lest they will not obey thee. Great plagues remain for the ungodly, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord, mercy embraceth him on every side. Be glad, O ye righteous, and rejoice in the Lord, and be joyful, all ye that are true of heart. Psalm 32 is one of the seven penitential psalms and includes examples of great wisdom from the Old Testament. In a variation on the penitential theme, the Eastern Church clergy use Psalm 32 after baptisms, when it is often sung by the people as the newly baptized person comes out of the baptismal vessel. In verses 1 and 2, you'll find expressions of traditional understanding of Psalm 1, the two-way psalm in which the world is divided into two classes, the godly righteous and the ungodly unrighteous. In this doctrine, God blesses those who are without sin, mentioned in verse 2, but also forgives the penitent sinner, referred to in verse 1 generally, uh, specifically, and verses 1 to 7 generally. For more on this and other uses of blessed is, blessed be, and blessed are, see the appropriate entries in Part 3, Blessed is the Man, in our bookstore publication, Christian Spirituality. Verses 8 and 9 show that God is our refuge and our shelter, and that he guides us. I will guide thee with mine eye. The phrase compass me in verse 8b is the third of four uses of the phrase compass in the Psalter, the others being Psalm 17, verse 9, Psalm 24, verse 1, and Psalm 140, verse 9. In modern language, compass can be translated as surround or encircle. Verse 10, taken together with verses 8 and 9, suggests that it is the understanding of the commandments guided and granted by God and not scholarly knowledge 
that is most important for the righteous and in maintaining a state of righteousness. It is possible that this passage was one of the sources of the early Christian prayer highly favored in the Eastern Church tradition for God through Christ to, quote, open the eyes of our understanding. For more on the words compass, knowledge, and wisdom, see the appropriate entries in our bookstore publication, Layman's Lexicon. In the musical world, the hymn, Lord, we, When We Bend Before Thy Throne by Joseph Carlyle, was inspired by Psalm 31, 32, verse 1, which is hymn 410 in the AIC bookstore publication, The St. Chrysostom Hymnal. The first lesson for Second Sunday in Lent is Ezekiel 18, 1-4 and 25-32, a refutation of a false proverb and a lesson in the necessity for true repentance. The second lesson is Matthew 5, verses 27-37, St. Matthew's account of part of the Sermon on the Mount covering adultery in the heart, the sacredness of marriage, and the prohibition against oaths. Ezekiel is the subject of Part 2, Chapter 3 in our bookstore publication, The Writing Prophets of the Old Testament. The verses from Matthew 5 are discussed and illustrated in our book, The Gospel of Matthew, annotated and illustrated, and also in our New Testament Gospels video series. The closing prayer is the Collect for Second Sunday in Lent, which was adapted from the Gregorian Sacramentary, for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer by Archbishop Cranmer. Almighty God, who sees that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves, keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www. Anglican Internet Church dot net